welcome to issue number 10 of Longbox Scavengers. This is your co-host Tom, Christian, and Damon. And we are here at, can you believe it, 10 issues in. I can't. It's been <laughs> years, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> you go through life, you look around, you look in the rearview mirror, and you're like, we have nine, we've done nine of these, now we're on our 10th. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> we're alive. And there's actually a couple of people listening to us, so that's always <laughs> nice as well. A couple. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... When we Saying first hi to Ashburn, by the way. First, I need to tell the story, because I think it's always good to remind everybody how we got here. But I really got uh, Damon and Christian into this by suggesting that we start a comic book club at work. Mm-hmm. And I, I passed out a list of comics that I was cur- was part of my pull list at the time, and I thought, you know, let's just get together and talk about the comic books. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, I brought up the idea It's of a, a trap! <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. I mean, meeting number one. Yes, maybe <laughs> ten minutes in. I don't... Now, <laughs> Christian, can you record these meetings for maybe a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that... I knew... I just knew that we were going to get a podcast going when Damon started talking. Yes. Because I thought, you know what? Damon can really talk about comic books, and I know he's going to want to have a microphone right in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I love it. No, but I'd been listening to podcasts, in all fairness. I've been listening to, to like, iFanboy has a really good podcast. Talking Comics has one. Comic Geek Speaks. Uh, Nation of Nerds has a podcast. So I'd been listening to podcasts, and I'd secretly been developing this dream of hmm. one day having a <laughs> podcast even if all we did was record and talk about comic books even that alone without a whole lot of listener, listeners would was fun in my eyes yeah and it's just because of the content of what we're doing i mean we're doing yeah. something we love and it's it's been a good time so yeah. far so knock on wood <laughs> so one thing a couple of things we wanted to do today we want to reintroduce ourselves um we also wanted to go through some of the news that's come out lately and then we're going to cap things off with a Thor review. And somewhere sandwiched in there, we're going to talk about a little bit of comic books. So we'll start off with kind of reintroducing ourselves. Who wants to be brave and... Christian, Christian, Christian. I'll be brave enough to go first. Though I thought Tom would be going first. So I had, like, I was <laughs> planning these, like, like how do I talk. play off of Tom's sayings? You know, um, hi, my name is Christian. I like to read the more gritty comics of the group. Um, I like to, I, I want a character usually that has been through some some stuff, rolled around the mud a little. Um, I do like fun characters, but I want to. I you, like you like your characters damaged. Yeah, uh, I w- I much prefer Punisher to Captain America any day. Fair so enough. Just, Was that a, a sling at issue number six seventy five? I heard maybe <laughs> maybe a, a tad. Um, but my first love before comics, of course, was always film. And uh, I have a production company, small, two-person. But still a company. It's still, still a company. company. I still work. You produce work. Uh, every night till about 12, and I go wow. home. Yeah, so it's just uh, uh, wow. a busy life. Um, when I have time, I play video games, and I try to teach these two about video games. Right. <laughs> try I know is what the keyword. <laughs> Um, I watch a lot of am- anime uh, when I have time, and I go to as many events nowadays that I can. I'm, I'm starting to get out there. Uh, I wasn't before, but now I'm really like, I need to go to these events. I need to experience this stuff while I'm still 
you know, still mm. kicking and young, you it's know, energy, yeah. and youthful. <laughs> That's awesome. Staying young. How All right, you who's next? All right. <laughs> well, I'm Damon. Um, I'm kind of the uh, grizzled comic book fan of the group. Um, I've been reading for about 30 years on and off. I somehow survived the 90s. Um, it was an awful time, but I made it through, and I got to enjoy <laughs> um, the early 2000s, which I consider kind of a renaissance. So I've kind of mm-hmm. seen, like, three different, like, decades yeah. of comic books yeah. um the industry has changed a lot we're kind of in this like cinematic and you know point right now in the industry this era mm-hmm. um i'm also a hardcore horror movie fan mm-hmm. um i'm a big wrestling fan um i'm just a fan of you know th- this whole you know nerdum. Mm-hmm. um i'm also a big avid collector of toys mm-hmm. so i have a basement full of them and, and nice. a very very patient wife um, <laughs> I, <can imagine. laughs> I don't do higher end stuff so much um more kind of you know your you know uh shelf you know your shelves on like you know at target or walmart um but you know your 20 dollar variety kind of toys okay. so but i dabble i dabble with hmm. the higher end stuff sometimes so and with it, you'll you'll hear that kind of stuff leak out you know during the podcast mm-hmm. um so and we might start kind of touching on more on that kind of you know stuff so, but that's that's who I am. My, that's uh, my story. My mom makes a joke all every year when I give her my Christmas list of what she wants. She's like, "This is you. You know, you're my like twenty year old son." These, <laughs> my coworkers think I'm buying stuff for a seven year old. Try being forty <laughs> yeah. with the same kind of Christmas list. And that's kind of a nice segue into one of the one of my favorite things, and that brought me into kind of the genre. I've always loved Godzilla, and when I was like eight years old, I got that. Real special Godzilla toy. Oh, I know the what one, you're talking you know about. What I'm talking yes, about no, I know. Yes, that comes out it the one that everyone in. wants. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have it? You know what happened is I went off to college and about five or six years removed from living in the home. Oh, don't say garage sale. My mom said the things that I was. I had an. I really. I had an attitude for a while, as immature as that was, and I'm still that immature. So I haven't changed at all. Uh huh. Um, she threw it away. Oh, ouch. <sighs> she'd even yeah. get like a couple bucks for it. No. Oh. That no, kills the collector it was in me. like I don't think I talked to her for a couple hours after that. Yeah. It was a it was a real stinger. That's heartbreaking. Um, so I got into comics basically with a Captain America comic book. I was trying to look it up on the Marvel Unlimited. I haven't found it yet, but if I can recollect correctly, which is a huge if, capital I, capital F, it was Captain America and Wolverine were tangled up in some kind of a fight. <laughs> okay, and that was kind of the first. And then I used to go to the my grandma's. Um, bar she went to the beauty salon every week and they would have a hulk versus thing comic book was sitting out oh and i would i would reread that every single that was time the good old days before yeah. phones yeah. the comic the, the barber would have like comics yeah. or stacks of it christian has no idea what i'm talking about no, right they now. used to have little racks of them yes. markets and you know you know the, when walgreens before walgreens was even around i think it was ben franklin's actually that had oh wow okay well you're dating me now yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Kirsten, it 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 transitioned over to the Hulk live action show and with Bill Bixby. So I I know of Bruce Banner actually is David Banner. And I when I'm talking about the Hulk every now and then I'll say David Banner because my brain has gotten stuck on the on the live action TV show. Some of my favorite characters are the Flash and the Incredible Hulk. Um I love Star Wars. Um as far as I'm concerned, the movies are the kind of the written code in the comic books are kind of what they are, even when they're really, really good. 
I think of the movies as being the actual continuity. Oh, mm. but that's absolutely. just my personal opinion. I didn't research that out as being how the makers of these things intend for that to go. I love superhero movies. I even love superhero movies that everyone hates. I am a fan of Batman versus Superman. I'll confess that in my introduction. That's okay. Um, I like the darker elements of things, uh, much like Christian. Um, Breaking Bad is one of my all-time favorite series by far. And one reason I like it is they take it seriously. The cartel members kill people. They slit throats. They deal drugs. They shoot people. They're angry. They're organized. (laughs) (laughs) But it's real. Very organized. Um, So I like the real aspect. I like, and I've said this in, in some of our previous podcasts, I like comics that are stupid and fun and they take both those elements very seriously in a self-aware kind of way um so those that's kind of an introduction to myself i'm a trauma therapist and a clinical coordinator at a foster care agency so every now and then you'll you'll hear me trying to pretend to be like dr phil (laughs) and i'll get it you'll hear a kick or a pinch or a slap from damon or christian when i'm going a little overboard um but I actually am kind of new to to just really getting into comic books, and it's been since 2014 where I've really I've been going to the shop almost every week, purchasing books, reading books, I review books. Um, now I've transitioned over to Bad Manta, <laughs> and I started off with Poppin' Comics and uh, Nation of Nerds, and now um, uh, some of us group of writers were now over with Bad Manta, and I absolutely appreciate that 100%. Um, just being able to really dive into to the to the books in a more serious way and i mean on that note too one of the reasons why me and christian are doing this podcast is just based off of tom's passion for these books he kind of motivated us um to do this because he was so passionate it was awesome to see that new fandom you know i love them even if i write a review and uh, and it's not completely as on as i wanted it to be if you acknowledge it to me in an email, I will come back and take responsibility for any factual errors. But I will tell you that I'm very passionate about comic books mm-hmm. and I'm passionate about just the dissection of the characters. And I think that comics are both metaphorically and um, authentically much more important than just pictures on a page. Um, they capture dynamics and relationships. They capture our dreams. They capture, even for some of us, some of the pains and sufferings we've been through not to get too wah 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 here and we all are listening to these podcasts creating these podcasts reading these books because there's something about this this whole medium that really pulls at our heartstrings and we're very interested in it and we i'll speak for the podcast for myself that that's really what we were aiming for when we started this podcast as well yes absolutely well i think one of our like our mission statement was to start reading more books again right God, have I read a million books just before this podcast? Yes. I mean, this is this has worked. This yeah. our our mission statement has worked. We are reading <laughs> yes. like crazy. We definitely have more excuses <laughs> to read more comic books. And we've talked sure. about more comic books yes. than ever. Ever, yes. Yes. So, yeah, mission complete. So <laughs> we, are, we are doing that. So on to news and notes, and I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little bit like volleyball. I'll toss the subject up. And you guys can kind of add more meat and potatoes to the bone. So first on the agenda here, news and notes, we have Disney makes a play at buying Fox. 
Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it looked like it might actually happen at one point, and then it was kind of off the table. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a lot of fanboys' dreams to have, you know, those properties back with Marvel um, and Disney. So I I was excited. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like something might still happen. Yeah. You know, they might be playing hardball right now. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely one of those moments where they're getting that out there. uh The fact that it leaked, you know, someone leaked that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Or someone's dead because Disney doesn't play around. No, they don't. (laughs) Don't mess with the mouse. I have a feeling like my theory, though, so this is Tom speculating, that somehow Disney would be the, the side of that equation that would say, you know what, you know, let's hold off a little bit, wait a couple of months, and then come back <laughs> with a pretty, lower up. pretty much holding all the cards, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, Because yeah. they haven't really, well, Fox has had some, and I think Christian, Christian brought up a really nice point, just what would it mean for like Logan or Deadpool or like Deadpool, especially where it's a little darker, although humor would Disney still pull off that kind of and God, movie? I, I don't think they would want to keep that kind of title going. Yeah. I mean, that was my main fear about that. I was like, yeah, because I was finally getting excited that they were doing something a little different with X-Men. They were doing mm-hmm. these films that are a bit harder edged, but they're telling different stories and they weren't being, they didn't care. Yeah. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like this yeah. was an opportunity. They're experimenting to, a little to more. Experiment, you know, Disney has formulas to what they want. Disney will, for me and what I've seen, especially with like the whole toy debacle where they're like, well, we got, you know, Marvel so that we could sell boy toys. That's mm. that was one of their. Oops. Big yeah. Girls yeah. like to play with those exactly. toys, too. I have a three year old yeah. daughter, so yeah. who definitely <laughs> likes to play with daddy's toys. So and, and and I, I don't see. I'm sorry. I just don't see. Uh, you know, I'm trying to the think X-Force of a Disney like property that you know rings true to like you know who might dabble kind of in mm-hmm. those you know movie veins, but I can't think of one exactly. offhand. Yeah. So it be, it would be interesting to see what they would do with the property now. Disney's all about money, so mm. Deadpool makes money, so yeah, they might be willing to play in that sandbox. Right. But I don't know. You're mm. right. You know, it'd be interesting yeah. to see what they would do. It, and even Logan. I mean, one thing I loved about this last Lo- the Logan film is just how vicious it was at points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we saw a vicious Wolverine running around pushing those forks. Although, if you think about it, they are doing Punisher on Netflix, and that is Disney. So and that's oh, you nice. know so that's a pretty you know that from I what I see I don't know how much they take that the Netflix series like as serious you know yeah I it's, I don't especially since you know they're starting their whole own streaming services and they're trying to break free but they're still you know Marvel Netflix it yeah. can be whatever it wants they don't they don't seem to have as much of a hand investment into yeah. it like you know hey it makes money for us and mm-hmm. sign it's like you know money that they yeah. find in the couch you whereas, know like oh, okay yeah. it is what it is whereas x-men that is going to be you know, defenders money <laughs> i think with x-men and um and the fantastic 4 i think disney would take oh, those yeah. and they fantastic would... <laughs> 4 especially I, I mean it's not even it's not even a thought process it's like yes we'll take those and we'll do awesome things with those mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean fantastic 4 just screams disney to me yeah, you right, know it, it feels does. like it's already a disney property <laughs> you have to have a little bit of cornball in you with some of this and you know all you know you have to suspend disbelief might be the more technical term yeah um so on to the next one and this is kind of a biggie here when we first heard it brian michael bendis is moving over to dc to write exclusively 
which I understand what that means when you probably still write for indie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure how yeah. that works because I know Marvel kind of was lenient with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm not sure. And it's uh, it sounds like too from when I was reading that he will have like they've got like kind of a group that oversees the movies too that he um, would be working in that movie verse. That'd be great. So um, it's really exciting for uh, DC. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see where they go and what, you know, books he'll be doing. Yeah. But it definitely sucks for Marvel. Um, know. You know, I, I'm a huge Bendis fan. I know a yeah. lot of people aren't nowadays. Right. Um, I think that's unfortunate. I feel like really this resurgence, um, comic book-wise, Avengers-wise, mm-hmm. is partially due to Bendis. Yeah. Um, he made me enjoy the Avengers, you yeah. know. And to me, growing up, and even though I've been reading for 30 years, the Avengers always felt like, you know, my parents' superheroes. Yeah. So really he like brought life into those books, you know, and I feel I still feel like Bendis is Spider-Man. His ultimate Spider-Man is probably the best Spider-Man on page. um, At least the first part of the run um, in the last, you know, 30 years. So you think about the toys he has to play with over at DC. And I always like to be respectful of the artists and the writers that are currently on these books and on these characters. Right. So as we talk about some of that stuff, some of it is just out of complete respect. And I've heard some throw around these ideas, but with all honesty, I love Peter J. Tomasi on the Superman stuff and Super Sons. Mm-hmm. I like Joshua Williamson on The Flash and Tom King on Batman. And so those writers are doing really yeah. nice and work we, on those We characters. definitely don't mean to disrespect them in any yeah. way. And it's definitely more of, you know, hey, maybe he'll create a different book. You know, yeah. there could be a different. Maybe there's I'd, plenty of Superman titles. <laughs> like, what <laughs> if they did this whole Doomsday? The, this is the what if. We should have a like a own, <laughs> like an audio here. What if? That would be most of our podcasts. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what the what if bell rings. What if he was on Watchmen? They're pulling Watchmen into... DC, you don't have any, you have, the creator was Alan Moore, is that right? Or yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. thank you. I got what, I got something he right. He might not even ball, be ballsy enough to yeah. go after Watchmen. Well, whatever they're doing first, with Watchmen, yeah. maybe, like, yeah. maybe they're doing something. I've heard, like, Justice League, he, Justice League already has a writer and art team, but mm-hmm. would they look at Bendis to maybe do a parallel book or try to work with a group like that? As much as I would love to see him work with those characters, it's it's just it's sacred ground. It's it's sacred ground, and people will be upset. Watchmen, right? Yeah, Watchmen. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's my fear. I I it's going to take a really you know ballsy artist who mm-hmm. has a vision that right. he wants to tell um, to tackle those books because no matter what, people are going to be angry right. from book one, <laughs> um, even before they read it. So um, I I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. I would love to see Bendis. Um, tackle some of the younger characters. I'd love to see him on like Teen Titans. I feel like he does, you know, that youth um, story really well. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Um, I saw Bendis' name going to DC. I'm like, all right, these younger characters, they're going up. Yeah, I feel I feel like he really does a great job, you mm-hmm. know, telling those like coming of age stories. Right. I mean, Miles Morales is one of my favorite favorite characters mm-hmm. right now, and that's the first thing I thought about yeah. when they made the announcement. I was like, what's going to happen with Miles? Because I feel like that's been his, you know, Jessica his Jones, baby. Is another I mean, one. Jessica yeah. Jones, and mm-hmm. to me, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, those are all Bendis' voices right. that I hear. Absolutely. Even Daredevil, you yeah. know, his run is epic with Daredevil, yeah. and I, in my head. 
you know, that's a, 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 right. a Bendis character. I really haven't yeah. thought about what we've lost. I've only been trying to think what we've gained with yeah. DC. And now, I mean, I'm thinking like, oh, God, what, what's going to go on with Jessica Jones? What's going yeah. on? Ugh. You're losing a lot, but you know what? It's it's a great time for Marvel writers and artists because it gives them opportunity to step up. So I'm hoping that we get, you know, some new artists, some new writers coming in. You can hear really, the divide. The know. word we with you. <laughs> you know, David I'm really is passionate about the Marvel. Yes, side of I'm things. hoping that we get, you know, yeah. some new artists in there. And what DC needs more of, not that they don't have any of it. But what they could use is what Bendis does best is mm-hmm. adding some depth to the actual kind of the dynamics in characters mm-hmm. and both relationally, conversationally. Not that there isn't any, but I think there's certainly some of these groups and some of these characters that could really benefit from what Bendis brings mm. to the characters. I mean, even if DC. he got a chance to work on a big book, like I would love to see him do like a co-writing with Snyder. I feel like that would be nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That definitely would be nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, he does he does dialogue so well. Right. I mean, conversations and everything like that. And you could read a whole book of him just, right. you know, these right. these superheroes who mm-hmm. can, you know, yeah. destroy buildings just sitting there talking and be completely entertained. Exactly. So what's in your ballot box? So I guess our listeners, we did a Twitter poll on this. Yes. Um, we asked Drum out roll, the community. <laughs> um, I know people were talking about um, wanting to see Bendis. Some people brought up the Teen Titans. Okay. Um, I can't name. So we're who going through right our now. Twitter feeder. These are some of the. <laughs> these are some of the ideas. So Christian what, left his phone downstairs. Yes. By accident. So these are some of the ideas that people on Twitter came up. So with. and if I screw up your handle, I apologize. And it's uh, ideas about what we think Brian Michael Bendis might do at DC or what yes, we'd like him uh, to do. What the fanboy, um, they they definitely were all on board with the Teen Titans. Um, and I know Desert Tiger Podcast was talking about Green Lantern and Suicide Squad. Which I was definitely, as soon as I didn't even think about Suicide Squad. Yeah, That's a book that needs someone like Bendis behind mm-hmm. it. Because yeah. I keep wanting to read that book, and every time I read it, I am disappointed. Mm-hmm. It just just always disappoints me now, lately. I, I remember reading it way back, and I was very, like, I was younger, but I was enjoying it, and getting through it now, I can't read it. I just, it just, yeah. Now, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I'm going to totally get it wrong. Petro Blaxamoff? No, it's it's Petro. Yeah. Black. Oh yeah, I see what he did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Technology, he was, folks. He was talking about uh, the creeper, so that'd be interesting. I don't know much about the creeper. I don't know if anyone yeah. at the table does, but uh, no. Um, yeah, no, Hidden me neither. Blanks. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, a lot of people are opinionated. Um, using while boozing said ambush bug. I'm assuming they're joking. Um, so yeah. And we actually had a Flash Gordon in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of people are excited, though, which is good to see. Yeah, I'm glad that there isn't a big negative backlash. I mean, there were, of course, people writing articles saying, oh, no, you know, Marvel's losing a bit Bendis. It's going to bring things down for them. But mostly I've seen nothing but good, positive vibes. Yeah, I, and I it, from Marvel, too, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are w- well wishes and everything like that. And I, They'll be okay, guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, this isn't on our agenda, but Kevin Feige even announced, you know, he's he's excited to see Justice League. Yes, he's, right. He's very like, there's no animosity between these studios. So it's kind of a yeah, and I yeah. think I'd like the idea of 
with Jeff Johns kind of being, it seemingly looks like he's in charge of the, the DC movie, the movies coming forward. And I think pulling in someone like Brian Michael Bendis, who I had heard, and maybe someone at the table could confirm this, but he was the original first wave of Marvel films. He was involved in some of the writing. Yeah, I think they had like a creative, like almost like council or something like that, that he was part of. And Um, I I think if you pull him into the, and I think things go better in groups as long as the group gets along well enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think pulling Brian Michael Bendis into a group that's, that's contributing to the writing. A brain trust. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Lord knows that that room uh, could use Bendis. Yeah, and well, I, we'll I, see I you on the seventeenth. I, I mean, I like that Feggy actually said that though. That was mm-hmm, awesome, yes. you know, because I feel like there's such a divide with like the communities right now, and I feel like it's so ridiculous. I mean, that's the internet. Yeah, you know. but it's just like people, come on, just enjoy <laughs> these movies, support. Like if even if you're a hardcore Marvel fan, if Disney's if uh, Disney's if DC's movies does well, it's yeah. good for you. It's you know, good for just everyone. Need more comic book movies to yeah. watch and enjoy. Relax, yeah. people. So next on the agenda is Star Wars. We have a couple of things, items for Star Wars. We have Star Wars has named a director for the next. So Damon, you're kind of. I just saw up. briefly, so I didn't read the full article, so I okay. don't want to go too deep into okay. it. But I know that they were saying that Rain Johnson is going to be um, helming the uh, next trilogy. Okay. If you're surprised that there was going to be a next trilogy, wake up, people! Of course, there was going to be another yeah, I trilogy. They've been talking about like yeah. doing films for the next 25. You know, years. so I think the headline was <laughs> yeah. more about the fact that he's going to be helming. There were there, there are big fans mm-hmm. of him, you know, and I hope it's rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they offered him the third movie of this trilogy and i don't know if it was a scheduling thing but he turned it down and jj abrams is now um Mm -hmm. on board to direct it which i'm happy about yeah i am too absolutely um so he's going to be doing that and they actually announced a star wars series also which was a long rumored thing while lucas was actually um in charge i mean it depends on the way they go with the series oh absolutely because at first i'm i cringed when you said that i i was worried about more star wars is wonderful to me. So. More Star Wars is always great. Um, if they take it, in, like, I really want to see them go in a different direction than what they've been. Doing. I don't think it. I think it's going to be kind of like an like uh, the big rumor for a while. It was going to be kind of like a underworld type. Yeah. Uh, series. If you give me like a Game of Thrones and Star Wars like clothing, that's fine. They, I think they were talking about there was like a whole like bounty hunter thing they were talking about. Is really supposed to be like I don't know if they're going to talk about the huts or what. Um, but they were talking about kind of like an underworld Star Wars mm. type like show. Um, I know Lucas was like he had some of the scripts already written at the time. So I don't know if they're basing it off of that or where they're going. Like I said, I briefly glanced at the article <laughs> right before <laughs> right. this podcast. So. so there's a lot more that we'll probably yes, learn. Yes, we'll talk about it soon. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. December is yeah. going to be Star Wars heavy. Yes. Oh, so absolutely. we won't get too far down that rabbit hole no. just for the sake of accuracy and all that good stuff. So the next on the agenda is what's in your stack, gentlemen? So I have a couple of things listed here. We have Batman Lost. Well, before we get into that, is there anything we want to bring up? Just what you're reading, what's in your stack? Uh, I did Astonishing X-Men again. I'm still really loving the book. Um, I know I've lent Christian the books too. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to see someone who's like newer to the X-Men, you know, how they would feel about the books, that they would love it as much as I did, you know, I do. Um, I'm a huge X-Men fan. Um, it's one of the books that I kind of um, drifted towards when I was younger. 
So, you know, these characters mean a lot to me, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I, because I felt like it was a great jumping mm-hmm. on point for mm-hmm. um, newer fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christian, thankfully. Yeah. Thank God that they threw me a ball so I could have some place to start. Because I've been, I lo- I've always loved X-Men. But I've never had a good starting point. I'd always read some random issue, and I wouldn't fully some random arc. Exactly. Yeah, um, this is great. It's 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 standalone ish, but it's great. It's yes, very enjoyable. Um, it's by um, it's by Soul, right? um, who's on Daredevil right Charles now and Soul, doing an yeah. awesome, awesome job. Um, it really it's it's you've got the Shadow King basically attacking mm-hmm. all the world's telepaths mm-hmm. right now. Um, it, it takes place in, you know, the real world and also takes place in the astral plane. Um, and spoilers, you have, you know, they're hinting at, you know, well not hinting, but you hope it's true. Um, the return of professor Xavier. Yeah. So, which is, you know, for me, um, long overdue. Um, and this even goes before his death. I feel like they really kind of lost track of Professor X. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did this whole deadly Genesis thing and kind of tarnished his legacy. So I'm hoping that they mm-hmm. get back to where Professor X was when yeah. I was, you know, first starting off as a fan. And, you know, he's kind of the beacon of hope yeah. that he was in the beginning. So, I mean, it's just been a great, I mean, fun characters, um, great art. It's just, it's been Honestly, a, it hasn't been predictable. And I think that's one of the main things that keeps mm-hmm. me drawn in is I didn't see a lot of this coming. Like, my idea of, like, what's going to happen is like, yeah, I, I knew um, Shadow King might win a little bit, mm-hmm. but I haven't, like, I didn't imagine it was going to go this far. It was, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. And I'm looking at Tom because I, I want him to read it next. <laughs> and but I'm like, he's my a, he's stack is too stacked. Yeah, Tom's, yeah, Tom's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> I, I read all the DC books every um, week, it feels like. What I do enjoy about it is that, yeah, it's action-packed, but you're getting a lot of relationship mm-hmm. stuff going on there. So, mm-hmm. like, for, like, hardcore X-Men fans, you're still getting the characters that you know and love, and it's done well. So mm-hmm. seems to really know these characters. Yeah, I'm reading a lot of just odd books mm-hmm. here and there, but this finally gives me something in the Marvel side to be more excited about. Because mm-hmm. I, I started reading Spirit of Vengeance. I'm on issue two already. And it's still just kind of like it's good, but it's nothing that's getting me excited for where they're going. It's nothing mm-hmm. that's like I, I want to like know what's going to happen next week. I'm not like craving the next issue. I'm just like, yeah, it's there. Something to read. Yeah. So it's nice that yeah, I think it's nice to have like a either a character, a story arc, something that you can track and that you can get issue to issue month to month and mm-hmm. it builds yeah. it feels like it's building the story. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was so excited. It seemed like Marvel was going, you know, all steam ahead with the yeah. X Men and I felt like the gold and blue books, while they're good, they were kind of flat for me. So this was a really like big breath yeah. of fresh yeah. air. So we're a couple of books. I'll I'll throw this out there. Cap six ninety five. Wade and Samney. So Wade's the writer, and Samney's the artist. Obviously, um, they kind of return in that book to the kind of the core of what Captain America is all about. Yes, this definitely has a vintage feel to yeah. it. Um, I and there's like a meta narrative here that kind of escapes could escape a lot of people. Um, and I think I had to read it a couple of times, but it's actually captured in what repre- what does Captain America represent? What what is what does he represent? Yes, yes, and, and they're really trying to get that character back on track yeah. after Secret Empire and try to remind people, readers, I think, yeah. who Captain America is at his core. Yeah. So you're really seeing that in this book. 
Um, you know, it, I, I understand where some people, some people are kind of complaining that, you know, it felt kind of like childish and almost too like one dimensional, but I enjoyed it. Um, some of it's actually pretty complicated. Like if you think about this, like we've gotten to this place in America where things are so polarized and maybe it's always been this way and it's just more vocal now with social media and everything. But you have the group of, what's the group of the, of the guys that the ramblers, the ramblers. I've never heard of these guys. Yeah. (laughs) Never mind the name, but (laughs) you have captain America. He's actually a representative of America and the values of America, which is what more diversity, diversity, more inclusion, you know, People can have different beliefs and have different ways of characterizing themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't have to all be these real isolated, kind of violent, aggressive mar- groups like the Ramblers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And when you think about it, that's a pretty complicated meta narrative. And it gives a kind of a meaning to Captain America that helps to say, yeah, that is what America is about. It's and that's pretty deep when you really think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... But it's not res- preachy. Yeah, it's not... It wasn't overly preachy. I no. did enjoy that. It was very much a reset of the character, which yeah. I think it needed after Secret Empire. Yeah. Um, You know, and I actually really enjoyed the art style, and I can't think of the artist's name. It felt Sammy. very uh, sale to me. Yeah. Um, So I, I really enjoyed that it had this almost, like, vintage quality to it where it felt like it could be a book from, like, the 50s. Yeah. Um, So I, I enjoyed it. We'll see where it goes, you know? It was, like, nice, fresh of breath air, as I Christian. like to say. I, I mean, for me, it was just sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to... Because I can understand it definitely has that vintage feel, and I can, but I don't have that, yeah, connection that to Captain yeah. America exactly. So it's just, yeah. And but was, even even compared to the last like 10, 15 years mm-hmm. of his books, it feels even more vintage than yeah. that. You know, it's yeah. very much back into the roots of the character. Um, and we'll see if it stays that way. Especially if it was a town like named after Captain America. During the same time period of Secret Empire. And they were still celebrating, still celebrating. Captain America. Which shows you how much they were affected by Captain mm-hmm. America. And, I mean, they kind of mentioned that, you know, they know it wasn't Captain America who did all these awful things. So, but I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Would you really want to have this date kind after of the, Secret Empire? Well, the kind of the meta narrative that's kind of embedded in there, but it's not done in a preachy way. It's not on the nose, but it's it's in there. Totally forgot what it was. I just did all that build up and I forgot <laughs> what it was. That's what editing's it? for. Um, <laughs> Christian, we're gonna need it. No, I, I think I got it. So well, oh, for, for me <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know where you were going either. So I No, there's a there I'm is, on the edge of my seat, Tom. <laughs> it's not just a corny little child's book, actually. He um he doesn't like he I think we just kinda we might need to go back and, and I, there's a real succinct factual point from the book. I can't remember that fact right now, so I'm going to have to come back to it. It'll come right in the middle of Thor Ragnarok. That's all. Hey, man. I can <laughs> Whatever. That's so fine. We'll next stop on everything. the list here is Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, The Big Reveal. Oh, yes. I Does read anyone it. know what I'm talking about? Yes, spoiler, I do. Spoiler, spoiler, hint. Spoiler, hint. spoiler. He reveals his identity to JJ. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big moment for the character. We'll see mm-hmm. where it leaves them. Um, it, it's, I haven't read any spectacular Spider-Man except for this book. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I like yeah. the art style to it, too. Um, it's very stylized. Do you think they'll go animated series where uh, Jonah still like is like shocked and like goes after him a little bit? I don't think so. The dialogue between them, I thought, was pretty. Uh, 
you know, on the spot and their mm-hmm. relationship has grown mm-hmm. so much over the years. Um, I hope they don't backtrack where, you know, he's doing the whole spider slayer thing again <laughs> and everything. That would be really disappointing to me because um, they kind of almost had this like father son type mm-hmm. uh, dynamic going for a little bit. Um, and then he, he, technically Jonah was his uh, stepbrother um, in the books. But, um, the, it, 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 you know, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. I just remembered the whole Captain America point, if you want me to go back. I would love to hear it. Okay, so they, this is just probably pretty minute, but there is a group of people that call themselves the Icers. So they believe in the origin of Captain America, that he was frozen uh, in yeah. ice. Okay. So to uh, me, yes, that's sir. a meta-narrative. It's uh-huh. highlighting how we create these factions and these groups of people around either the origin of a character of a belief and we kind of hold flat earthers yeah Yeah, that's the first thing i thought of when i yeah um so and there was another group i can't remember now well one of the things uh, before i I know we don't want to get too deep into captain america one of the things i would have wanted for that book was to have the town be feeling you know this regret of having this name after secret empire and then he comes back saves them at that event and kind of it's kind of like a redemption maybe have that event happening and have some of them protesting that event exactly i could see that that would be more convoluted yeah yeah i i don't i i would be interested in that i would i i could see where some people would be protesting that (laughs) nowadays yeah it's kind of interesting okay so we went cap to peter parker which is chip zadarsky and i forgot the artist's name on on spectacular peter parker spectacular spider-man next is superman 34 i just wanted to give a quick shout out to superman 34 um superman goes back to apocalypse and actually lois lane gets to show off her skill set with granny from the new gods and she um picks up some weaponry and fights an alien monster and actually gets taken into the Oh, the Furious Femmes or the yes, Femme Furious? Yes, the Furious. Yeah, the, the, yeah fem, the Femme Furies, I believe. The Femme Furies, yes, I think I believe. sounds right. Granny Goodness, <laughs> yes, which I was, I'm surprised Granny is, goodness. is still around with Mr. Miracle. But, <laughs> or is she? We <laughs> That's don't know. what I wonder about just continuity-wise, and I know continuity can be here, there, and in no place, but I like the thought of that somehow tying into Mr. Miracle because mm. Mr. Miracle... Is such a wonderful book. Yes. Read Mr. Miracle. Yeah, Mr. Miracle. And that's a nice segue, actually, into Mr. Miracle. Best mm-hmm. book on the shelves right now. I would I would Bar have none. to agree. I would love to argue just to kind of have a tussle here, but I agree with you. <laughs> um, so this is kind of spoiler-free, but through the wonderful art of Mitch Garrard and the cryptic storytelling of Tom King, in this issue, which is issue number four, we learn that Mr. Miracle is being charged with treason for the death of Granny. Uh, Granny Goodness, is it? Yes. Granny Goodness. Uh, Big Barda plays a comedic role as she makes wise cracks and slaps Orion. Is that who she slaps? Was that the reason he was on trial? Uh, there, He's on trial for, I thought, for the death I, of Granny. I thought it was for um, committing treason. By, treason, because uh, he, confu- he doesn't he accuse three, of Orion. Yeah, he accuses o- Orion of yes. uh, being of, yes. the... The, negative, the anti-life. The anti-life. There we go. Okay, yeah. so let's correct that. So he's on treason. He's being charged with treason for accusing Orion of of being part of the anti-life. Yeah, anti. Uh, dark side's anti-life um, equation. Equation. The equation. Okay. I wanted to say theory for some reason. And I love that that kind of back and forth. Um, 
Is, is he taking the charges seriously? Is he not changing? It leads to this mind game between Mr. Miracle and is that the High Father? Or who yeah. is yes, he's the High okay, Father. Good. Yes. I'm now very insecure about any <laughs> facts. So, <laughs> and I thought that part was exceptional. It was somewhat tricky and cryptic, but it was still trackable. And then Scott Free divulges a bit about his backstory and how it affects his outlook in the middle of that. And you kind of end with, is he guilty? Is he not guilty? Where is this going? But I just love it. Yeah, I, I love the fact that the whole trial takes place in his living room. That was, yeah. yeah. I was laughing as soon as they said veggie tray. I was uh -huh. <laughs> Like Scott barely got out of bed for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it was. I it, was, I'm waiting for Big Barda to just one hand, like everyone in the room, just whack, whack, whack. Yeah, no. Because um, she slapped somebody. Who did she slap? Uh, light Ray? Yeah, Light Ray. Light Ray. Something yes. with light. So uh, that was amazing too, because Lightray keeps trying to just talk through it. <laughs> she wasn't having it. Hitting. So Such Big Barda slaps Lightray, not Orion. Okay, we're getting our facts right. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was. It's just. I mean, it's just a continuation of a such a strong story. Yeah. I mean, I'm hooked. Line and sinker with it. I really want to know where the story's even going. The characters looked hooked in that. Yes. In that moment at the end, even Orion's sitting there, like. Oh All right, he's yeah. He goes like, in, gets a carrot, and exactly. you know some dip. <laughs> he's totally shaken by it. I didn't know what I like best when you see High Father and and Mr. Miracle just like staring back and forth at each yeah. other, or the three of Big Barda and the other two sitting on the couch, just squeezed <laughs> under the couch. It really, together. I mean, the storytelling is so mesmerizing, and it really keeps you hooked because you don't know exactly what's yeah. going on. Right you, it, at one point, you'll feel like, okay, I, I know where this is going, and yeah. then they'll totally throw you a curve. I know. It's like you're looking through a little, someone put a little hole in a box and you're looking through it and there's this huge universe you're looking into, but you can only see parts of it. Yeah. It's just a, an amazing book. I would also uh, encourage people to go pick that book up. So next on the list here, Dark Knights, Batman Lost. What a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a what a book. That's I mean, for me, uh, page turn. Like I was flipping through it. But here, we're introduced to elderly Bruce uh, and his granddaughter. His granddaughter pulls a book off the shelf because he wants she wants to you know, hear a story about Batman. And he starts to read it. And Batman, of course, notices something's not right with the story. So um, we get put into this situation where Batman's trying to figure out what's, what's wrong, something's not right, but he keeps reading the story to his granddaughter like mm -hmm. it's normal. And... Boom, he finally notices all the inconsistencies, and we kick off into this right. just dive into what Barbados wants to do, which is, of course, bring him down further into darkness. Mm -hmm. So we get that. We get we get to see cool time jumps. You know, mm -hmm. we're seeing the bats versus birds fight. We're seeing um, a cool future Damien where he's part of the bats tribe. We're seeing um, Bruce somehow is embodying Alan Wayne at one point, his great great grandfather, oh, wow. and it's just it's all over the place. And Batman's figuring out he needs to climb up, he needs yeah. to ascend to get out of this this uh, madness that Barbados is putting into his head. Yeah. So where we go from that is just uh, Barbados is dragging him down further and further. He keeps falling into different traps. It's the story is so all over. each pain. I, I mean, at certain points, it was hard to track place. at times. I know it was. <laughs> And for some, that's that's going to be hard on the story. That's going to bring some problems. But yeah, uh, so where we where we get to is we find out you know Barbados is pretending to be the granddaughter on his lap, and it's um, 
the illusion kind of fades off a little bit, but he's still in that elderly body, and he gets to the window, and Barbados is like, here's the real truth about everything. Kind of just breaks down Bruce by telling him, you're nothing, this is this is my, I've created all of this, even to the point where it's, I'm the bat that you saw that made you want to be Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's it's changing the story a bit, it's changing the script, but it was... For me, in an intense moment, it was just Batman like saying, I give up, and losing, and we get to see him go all the way back, and Barbados succeeding to drag him down into the darkness, and as he said to Superman, every road leads back to the dark, mm-hmm. and that's just what this story was. It wasn't a, um, what I would say, it was a standalone, if I would say, okay. for this whole metal series. Like This was just like Batman's story, and that's it. And yeah. we know this is what's going to happen again. He's going to try to escape, and he's just going to be kind dragged of Groundhog's Day. Exactly. He's going back and forth. Um, I, I, it was a, t- a page turner, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely a psychological thriller. I didn't know where it was going. Um, I enjoyed the story. Um, I'm hoping what Barbados is saying isn't true. Yeah. Um, because it does kind of rewrite a lot of history with Batman. So, and I always get a little wary of that. I like I to had call a, it Barbados's truth. Yes. Rather than. Yeah. Then, yeah and I have a feeling they're going to kind of be, tread lightly with that um, down the line, especially. Um, but, you know, it, it was it was definitely a page turn. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I can, like, highly recommend it to someone who's reading, you know, um, the metal series. Like, I don't feel like it's a, necess- a, necess- a necessity. Sorry. Um, but, uh but it, you know, it was it was an entertaining story. I mean, I want to put this behind glass, so I'm on the opposite end here. Uh-huh. Like, I loved that. I loved that story so much. Really? And it's just, I don't. It doesn't bother me that he that he's messing with the mythos there, because it's just something about that where he was able to tear down Batman. And I, I'm I'm that weird guy where sometimes I like to see the not sometimes most of the time I like to see the bad guy <laughs> your heroes suffer. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just I get always a little worried like where they're going with mm. it. I, I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. Um it was a fun ride. I just too for me, I would have liked to see more like big moments uh for them to jump into. Yeah. Like, you know, um because I was kind of confused on certain moments and maybe they're a bit because I'm not super up to date with a lot of the DC lore right now. Um, you know, just see them jump into like bigger moments in right. Batman's life. Yeah. Tom, what did you think about it? Uh in a nutshell, I didn't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit too... I couldn't track everything that was going on. It it looked like someone had too much to drink and then popped <laughs> a couple of painkillers and just kind of <laughs> wandered around in a funhouse. <laughs> yeah, story-wise. Mm-hmm. Like just, and that's all a metaphor. Um, and some of it was hard to track, and therefore it lost some of its meaning on me. And it's starting to feel more and more to me. And I know, I think DC... This is, I think, not I know. I think they did away with this designation of an Elseworld story that, you know, stories can be just kind of running parallel to each other. You could have in the main Batman book, he's with Catwoman in the desert, and in this book, he can be lost in the dark multiverse. Mm -hmm. But it does feel like what they used to categorize as an Elseworld story. It has that feel to it. It's catastrophically changing every aspect of of a lot of things at this point um in not i would put it somewhere in the middle kind of in the middle of the books Mm -hmm. but when i heard you describe what it was actually about that made me more interested 
So maybe there's some people listening to this like, oh, maybe I'll go back and reread this after listening to what Christian yeah. just shared. And it's definitely a book that's rereadable. Where yeah. Like you, you might have missed a lot. Exactly. You know, reading this. I'm pretty sure that I did. And um, so I, it's definitely and that makes that's one of the characteristics of a good book is you, is going back and needing to reread it a few times because there's more there to digest. Well, one thing was I was that man that falls into the vat. Was that supposed to be? A Joker origin, or was no? That's no. that's his uh, like his first case that happens in okay. his first case. The um the first issue, I can't remember the detective number, but yeah, that's like the original story. And they kind of I wanted to make things, sure, and that's why he knew that something was wrong was because mm-hmm. the story kind of changed. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I enjoyed that aspect of it, but then like some of the stories that he was jumping to, I didn't recognize, so it kind of threw me where I was trying to figure out what's going on yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so I agree with Tom where it was a little hard to track even for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was a very interesting, you know, psychological kind of thriller to watch Batman suffer. But in the long run, I was just kind of eh yeah. on it. You know, yeah. it didn't it didn't hold me at the end. Mm. Yeah. So, Damon, what did you think of Devastator? I like Devastator. I really yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, It's Frank Terry. I hope I'm saying his name right. And Tony Daniel. Um, It starts off at uh, Earth negative one of the Dark Multiverse. Okay. Um, and it kind of has a little, it, it's Batman of that yeah. earth, um, it, as the narrator. Um, and it, it actually time jumps. It starts off showing you Superman kind of, you know, breaking bad, but then it time jumps to, um, earth prime, which I believe is what they're calling it right now. Earth, okay. earth zero, earth maybe zero, the earth yeah. zero, yeah. um, earth zero. And they're actually fighting a bunch of group of heroes are fighting, uh, devastator by the uh, Fortress of Solitude. Um, mm-hmm. Devastator is trying to get the cosmic pitchfork that's underneath uh, the fortress to bring back to Gotham. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're trying to get it to Challenger's Mountain, is what they said. So um, he's battling. He's going toe-to-toe with classic Lobo, which I haven't seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, New 52 Lobo was horrible, so I was glad okay. to see nice. classic Lobo back. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't last long. Nope. He hurls him <laughs> into the sun. Um, but Lobo's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> it's just a comic. So, yeah, he, he, Lobo's a badass. He'll be, he'll be back. Um, so And then um, it goes, it flashes back to... Yeah. Earth uh, negative one, and you kind of get almost the same kind of narrative where it feels like almost a love story between mm-hmm. Batman and uh, Clark, Superman, mm-hmm. where it's about you know their relationship. Um, Batman breaks bad, or not Batman, Superman breaks bad, and we don't know why. And I kind of thought okay. that was a really cool aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but Batman's just heartbroken by this, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of explains during their battle that. Um, Superman was kind of this beacon of hope for him. Right. And, you know, right. he made him, you know, believe again. Mm. Um, and to have that Superman go this route uh, just devastates, you yeah. know, mm. for, for lack of a better term, no pun intended. Devastator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Devastator. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so um, you have this battle ensue. Um, mm. Batman's losing, um, and Superman even quips. I, I always heard the whispers that you could defeat me. I never understood why I could break every bone in your body. And then Batman shows him why, because yeah. Batman is always prepared. Mm-hmm, he yeah. infects himself with a doomsday virus. Right. Um, he turns into the devastator and he destroys Superman, um, mm. pretty violently. 
So then you've got him kind of like standing over his body, talking about how he thought he was going to hate this moment and how he feels nothing now. Mm -hmm. And he's glad Mm. um, he feels nothing. So it's a pretty, pretty deep moment. And he's kind of saying, you know, I I don't know if it's the virus talking, but now he's happy that he's numb, you know, inside. Um, And then the man who laughs shows up. And takes them on their little wacky mission. So <laughs> hijinks wow. ensues. Yeah. So there. Then we flash forward yeah. back to uh, current day. Uh, Batman Bruce shows up to the Daily Planet, where you have Lois worrying about where Superman is, not knowing exactly what's going on, but keeping a brave face. Yeah, staying strong. Yeah, staying strong for everyone. And she's dealt with this so many different times, where Superman's off the grid, Clark's off the grid for a while. Um, but then Bruce shows up, and she thinks it's her Bruce. And it's not. Uh-huh. Um, he starts to go into her saying that this is her fault. She should have seen this coming. I'm um, kind of talking to her like this is his Lois. Uh-huh. Um, and then he goes to infect her with the uh-huh. doomsday virus. And he turns himself into Devastator. So he can morph back and forth, which I think is pretty yeah, that's cool. Very, that is pretty cool. Um, so Lois runs. She flees. Um, and he infects all of Metropolis with mm. the uh, virus. And everyone's starting to change. Mm. Um, he gets back to her apartment. Um, she is there solely to protect John. Mm. So and it's, it is kind of interesting because John wants to help. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Superman's pals show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Supergirl, I believe. Um, what's his there name? Guardian. Either, yeah. I can't remember the dude's name. Anyway. So um, they they uh, show up, and uh, she actually enacts a protocol that you know protects John. From right. This, so he can't help. Um, so she's saving John, and you know who knows? I mean, I don't know if this mm-hmm. event has something big planned for him. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so then um, she turns. You know, um, which we knew was going to happen from, you know, the the issues of metal. Then it flashes forward to um, where uh, Devastator was and he's got the cosmic uh, tuning fork and he's bringing it over to Champions Mountain and he's basically starting the incursion of the dark. You know, mm-hmm. universe. So, um, so I, I really enjoy it. the art is beautiful in this book. Yeah, it you is. know, Absolutely. and Terry, I believe he worked on Green Lantern. Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel, I believe he worked on um, Green Lantern in the past, okay. and I know he did Batman. Um, just beautiful. Yeah. Um, every page um, is is a masterpiece. Um, the story flows, mm-hmm. and you know, you have this once again. You have this common thread throughout all these metal tie-ins right. of you know these Dark Knight Batman, these right. you know Dark Universe Batman, you know being betrayed by loved ones or losing something, and you yeah. know you know being kind of lost in their grief yeah. and having to do these extreme things. Right. Um. So it it was just a it was a really good time. Yeah. Almost have to take a deep breath <laughs> with everything that's happened with uh, in these metal books. And I think consistently throughout something that you said, Damon, is the art has been absolutely phenomenal in, in all these books. And it was great and devastator. So that's kind of wrapping up our what's in your stack. So we're we're jumping into Thor Ragnarok, and this is um feels like a hard left turn after talking about the comic books, but <laughs> we are transitioning. And um, something that isn't so dark. No, <laughs> it's, no, not at all. Um, so we'll start off. What is this about? So who wants to give us a quick um, Thor Ragnarok for for dummies kind of a summation? What is Thor Ragnarok about? Christian. 
fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thor Ragnarok was about um, Odin has lost his power and he's been hiding that his daughter Hela uh, is coming back and stuff like that. Yeah, so a sister that back. Loki yeah. and Thor have no, no idea, idea about. Yes. So let's say it's something right up front. There will be spoilers in this. Oh, absolutely. So if you have not watched the movie or you don't care to know exactly what is in the movie yet, please come back and listen to us later. <laughs> we'll Go have it time-stamped. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, Hela comes back, and she wrecks shop. Uh, yeah. She destroys Thor's hammer. She goes to um, Asgard and just wipes clean of anyone that disagrees with her claim to the throne. Yeah. And she's upset with the way that her father has like cleaned up um, Asgard pretty much and made it seem like he she buried never existed. Yeah, he buried the history of mm-hmm. Asgard. So I mean, I yeah. thought that was interesting. Yeah, so. it's good to like. That's uh, always an interesting part about Odin, like what he's actually done to get to this point. But uh, we see Hela break that all through, and then Thor and Loki were thrown out of the uh, the frost. This the frost one. When he gets transported up. Not giant. Oh, the Rainbow Bridge? You're talking about the... Yeah, um, the Rainbow Bridge, but they call it something else. Oh, I've, the, uh, I've got no clue. Whatever yeah. that is, it's they the were thrown out of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they get thrown out of it, and they end up on Sakaar. And uh, Loki's been there for a while. I guess yeah. time works a lot differently on Sakaar. And Thor gets put into the Battle of Champions, and we run into Hulk. Yes. And more hilarity and hijinks hijinks (laughs) (laughs) ultimately we uh we get through that we get to the battle where it's going to be hella versus thor's um revengers Mm -hmm. which is funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's a it's a funny (laughs) this whole movie is funny yeah this whole movie is hysterical um we get there uh they figure out the only way to um defeat her pretty much since she's so much more powerful Mm -hmm. is to initiate the thing that they fear most which is thor uh, is ragnarok yeah. which will basically wipe out asgard yeah and so they do that and that's how yeah. we get to the end and he takes all of the asgardians off the planet and they're most likely heading to earth okay so we will do a little bit of a dive here but before we do i want to go around the table and just get a really quick don't dive into all the corners of this just say you know basically did you like it didn't you like it how was this movie for you we'll start with damon I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I did enjoy it. Um I liked it. Um, you know, all my expectations were matched. I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was, mm-hmm. even with the trailers being yeah. as funny as they were. You know, um it was by far my favorite portrayal of Thor. Okay. Um and by far my favorite Thor movie. Okay. Um that being said, I'm not a huge Thor fan. I'm not a huge Hulk fan. Yeah. So I mean my expectations might not be as high mm-hmm. as some. Yeah. Um, but I really was entertained by this movie. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Okay. Christian. I don't know. I really loved it. But then at the same time I always I keep something keeps holding that excitement and love for it back. Yeah. And I can't I'm trying to wrap my head around what that feeling is. I, I loved all the humor. I loved all the action. Yeah. I I just don't know. There's something. Yeah. That kind of captures it without you being able to put it into words. <laughs> it does mm-hmm. capture it. Something just didn't feel exactly what I was expecting, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know where my expectations were. I mean, especially when I have a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and one bad review, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's I was, pretty crazy. I yeah. Was expect, maybe yeah. I was expecting too much. Maybe like it I overhyped just, you. Maybe yeah. I overhyped. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to like 
Yeah. Maybe I need to see it again. Maybe yeah. I need to wrap my head around it. Again. What's the director's name again? Watiti. Uh, Watiti. I don't. I can't pronounce his first name, but I do love him. I do love his work. Yeah. Um, I do yeah. love his sense of humor. I thought it was a cute movie, and um, which kind of wraps it up. Like the tone is not necessarily what I mean. You can only I've heard this on another on another podcast, and you can only review the movie you got, mm-hmm. and so. What did we get? It was a cute movie that seemingly had some really big moments that didn't feel that important in the movie itself. And the tone is probably the strength of the movie because the humor is was probably one of the strengths of this movie. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, despite all these big things that happened, which we'll get into the nooks and the crannies here coming up really quick, None of it felt all that important, and I don't know if it was the tone working against itself or what it was, but it didn't feel important, even though when we start talking about these things, like, oh, these are big things. Yeah, if you put everything that happened in this movie on a page, and I showed it to you before you saw the movie, you would say, this is a dark movie. Odin dies, Milnor gets destroyed. Asgard gets destroyed. It feels like Empire Strikes Back. If you right. look at it, if you right. read it on a page, but if you see this Thor movie, loses his eye. Yeah, if you see this movie, it doesn't feel that way. I mean, and that to me, um, you know, from I, I think I was telling Tom this before, there was a little too much haha. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the little too much humor yeah. going on. Some moment, big moments, I feel like were lost. Yeah. You know, um, there could have been a few more heroic moments yeah. happen. Um, spoilers: There's one moment where Hulk is or Bruce is jumping out of a spaceship <laughs> to save the day. Yeah, and he's you're thinking he's gonna Hulk up, and he just falls flat on the ground as Bruce Banner. Smack hard, hard. like a wet and I, I laughed hard during. Yeah. In that bit, I won't lie, but at the same time, how badass would it have been to see him turn mm-hmm. to the Hulk? You know, it was such a big moment. It's like, I got in the middle, I get there was a point where I realized that really none of this really matters, like, it's just fun and, and it didn't. However, having said that, I'm not saying that it would have been a great success if they would have made this big epic thing where all these emotional things. Well, just what I land. have to say is the problem is, is that it did matter but it's so watered down that the feeling was the comedy there. yeah exactly like the comedy was great i laughed at every single the scene only and moment. moments that i felt like resonated um emotionally was when thor was down and out it looked like on film and he um flashback he kept on flashing back to odin mm-hmm. standing there and it seemed like those seems to matter yeah. the, the, like it chart like somehow it taps into and like there's always this thing in the comic books that Thor isn't going all out, yeah. potential wise, and that Odin has to unleash Thor. So I don't know if it was trying to play with that idea, but then Thor kind of charged up yeah. again, you know. So there, there was those moments that you know actually resonated with me. But um, overall, yes, I yeah. feel like there's a lot <laughs> kind of, of comedy that, watering on, down. Kind of tracking what you just said, I find so Odin makes the statement to Thor, like your hammer was there to channel your energy. But your energy is not the hammer. Yeah, well, I lo- uh, you're or not the something. god of hammers. Yes. You know, you're the god mm, of lightning, you, you know, yeah. the god of thunder. So I thought that was a, a cool yeah. moment. Um, yeah, it was. You know, and then I, who, who I can't remember the character. Um, what's his name? The guy who uh, controls the bridge. Oh, uh, uh, Scourge? Not Scourge. No, oh, um, Heimlet. Heim- 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 yes, Heim- there we go. Thank Heim- you. Thank you. Um. 
So he has a moment I where know. he he recalls something <laughs> that I believe Odin said, where you know Asgard isn't a place; it's Asgard the is the people. You know, yeah. you know those moments I I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, between all those moments, there's a lot, a yeah. lot of comedy and good comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I mean, very I can only well think done. of like maybe three to four scenes where there wasn't a joke. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it had like, a comic like yeah. a, a comedy like almost pace mm-hmm. where it was like every two minutes there was a joke. And I've heard this also as an observation that. So you have these big emotional moments that are all the air is let out of by some kind of comedic statement or visible sign that just kind of takes the air out of it. Like right before Bruce jumps out of the thing, he makes a statement to Valkyrie. You know, now I'm going to kind of show you who I am. And it's kind of like one of these moments. Yeah, we're going to see how you are. Yeah. And then you're going to flop on the ground and not turn <laughs> into the Hulk. <laughs> That's just an example. Almost every weighty moment all the air is let out by a some kind I of I think even joke. like on the bridge of the ship after everything happens and they yeah. escaped and like they're having this yeah. big moment where like okay where are we going you know we survived and then yeah. all of a sudden um I can't think of the rock character's name who leads uh, the revolution starts with a K Korg 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 there yes you um you know I, I think Thor asks how Korg's buddy is doing, like his opinion on it for yeah. no reason whatsoever. And then you go through this lengthy explanation that his buddy's dead. He stepped on him accidentally and blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, okay, well, you know, it kind of stepped on yeah, the moment, yeah. you know, no pun yeah. intended. Um, so there was definitely moments like that. But that being said, I still <laughs> enjoyed the movie. That's what's funny. Like it, it's an enjoyable movie. That's the thing. Like mm-hmm. all of this stuff. What did you get? Maybe diving into this a little bit. You have the, Hulk versus Thor and the whole Hulk. Do you mind if I transition into this? No, I oh, I, I actually want to take over for a second. And I want to ask you as the Hulk fan here. Because yeah. you are the biggest Hulk fan I know. Yeah. How did you feel about the portrayal of Hulk in this movie? Um, This is the MCU's Hulk. So this isn't like the Hulk that you would normally see in a lot of the comics. And the reason I say that is like he is a he actually is a rage machine. Like, he's not, but that's in the comic books. But in mm-hmm. this, they've changed that, and it works. Mm-hmm. So you just have to kind of recalibrate your understanding of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like, if the Hulk is fighting all out against Thor, he, there's a part of him that's complete savagery. So in the middle of that, he would just be going in a savage zone. They would probably not be hanging out in an apartment later on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the MCU Hulk... They did it. It's funny. It added comedic, comedic humor to it all. Yeah. And that part of it, he's a likable character in there. Um, Thor is considerably more powerful than the Hulk in total, mm. like in this movie. Like if he, in the middle of that fight, and by good reason, I mean, if you look at logically, Thor is a god. Mm-hmm. Hulk is infected by gamma rays and he gets strong. Yeah. So they're not really the same in that regard. Strength-wise, Hulk did what Hulk does. He gets Smash. tossed around and beats up. He punched a little bit, but he just never gets he never gets knocked out until the end. If they would have kept going, you saw Thor's real power come. It looked like it was going to be over in brutal fashion. Like I thought, if they kept that fight going, Thor was going to just knock him out. Yeah, and that's that's kind of um. And then spoiler, spoiler, um, what's the guy's name? Goldman's character. 
The collector. The collector. Okay, so he clicks the little the button. Grandmaster. The grandmaster. Grand I'm yeah. sorry. The collector is uh, what's his name's character. Mm-hmm. The grandmaster clicks the little button, and Thor goes unconscious. And so Hulk didn't defeat Thor. Um, I don't know, but given the tone of this movie, I don't think that they could have had that in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? <laughs> it wouldn't have comics, worked. <laughs> in the comics, they usually just fight to a stalemate. Which um, is hard to believe, big... but that's what the comic books do. They go to the stalemate. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah. Now, tracking this forward, I don't know how this is going to work with Thanos, because Thanos destroys. And so they've, in this thing, they found a way to get make it all humorous and make it a tie. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they say it's a tie, but, you know... It, you know, it'll be interesting with Thanos is like, does he have all the gems? You know, that way, yeah. you know, Thanos is a very different character without the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. So if he has the gauntlet, then yes, it's a whole different ballgame. But if he is, I mean, yes, he's still a very powerful character. Yeah. But he's not, you know, Thanos with Infinity Gauntlet, okay. you know, so that's that's two different characters. But, okay. you know, what's interesting with Hulk is you've there's so many incarnations of the Hulk throughout True. the years. Yeah. So you do get, you know, you have the gray Hulk running around in the eighties. Who's almost like right. a gangster, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's hard, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that always kind of turned me off with the Hulk. You never knew exactly which version, yeah. at least of Hulk that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, I always really enjoyed Bruce Banner though. I know. So um, I was interested, like how you felt about Banner, like how he was portrayed. Um, you know what? Overall, you can hear it in my voice. Like, this wasn't when I saw Avengers and I saw what Hulk did in Avengers. That was like excitement out of the world, no holds bar. Felt great. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was right on. And we didn't got the Hulk right. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've allowed the Hulk to be the Hulk since then. I agree. Like, you didn't see out of control strength in this movie like you did in the Avengers. He holds his own. He's in there. He's battling, but he doesn't. And the final thing is he's another throwaway character. I think they should have left him on Sakaar. He gets in the thing, and there's the comedic thing where he bounces off the bridge, and he's wrestling with his dog. He doesn't do anything to contribute to the battle against Gila. Now, I know you need to have somebody wrestling with the big dog, (laughs) but he's, once again, like Age of Ultron, He's not a part of the actual battle. He's not important. It's like he's a secondary. A throw- yeah, he's a throwaway. Yeah. yeah, and that's a, unfortunately what the Hulk character is now. He's just a, a sidebar. He's the he's the guy at the party with the big shiny whatever that gets people's attention, but it's really not important. And that's how I feel they're doing with that character. Mm-hmm. And it's that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't like it. It's not exciting to me, but it is. It's fun. It's an entertaining. Um, he's cute and funny. I mean, the Hulk is cute. And in this movie, he's definitely yeah. cute. You definitely, he's a cute And Hulk. it's interesting, too, like that Hulk is Hulk for two years. He's, yeah. You know, he hasn't changed back to Banner. So that was a It's not Planet Hulk. So if you think this is Planet Hulk, no. this is not no. Planet Hulk. And they use the aesthetics yeah. to Planet Hulk, yeah. definitely, with his, you know, yeah. the outfit he's wearing and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you Like, if you read the comics, that, like, no. Korg is a strong character. If you read the Planet Hulk. And he's pretty much on par with Hulk. And then when you, as Hulk gains more power and gains more skills, he becomes king of that planet. And it's, he's a noble king with mm-hmm. a queen wife and they have a child. child and yeah. it's a noble, important, meaningful story. This doesn't, this is not that on any level and doesn't try to be that on no. any level. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like Hulk's yeah. story. No. He's just there for the ride. Yeah. But I will say it's fun and it works. This yeah. is the MCU's 
version of it, this is what you get. See, and I think I probably felt like if, you know, for me, I'm a Spider-Man guy. Yeah. With Civil War, if they would have done something like that with Spider-Man, I think I would also be a little disappointed. Yeah. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, I, th- that being said, to get back to the movie, I love the relationship between Thor and Loki. Yeah, I thought was awesome. I could watch that elevator scene was fantastic. That was I awesome. Could, and that's another moment that mm-hmm. I felt like resonated. Um, you know, I just that yeah. dynamic between the two yeah. and you just kind of, you know, feel Loki's, you mm-hmm. know, hard, but it's hard not to like Loki. I thought Loki, who's the, I don't know. the Tom Hilster. Tom Hilster. He was top in this movie he nails that character. oh god he owns that character he's by far i feel like the, and i don't even know nowadays if you can call him a villain but he's my favorite villain yeah, in absolutely you know, the mcu by mm, far yeah. so that's kind of our thought did well, you want to say I, I, I wanted to say i think my most underwhelming character in that whole movie for me was valkyrie okay like her intro was perfect i mm. loved that whole scene where she's coming out of the ship drunk yeah. She shoots everyone down like it's, it's yeah. nothing. And then for the rest of the film, I was just kind of like, she's kind of just standard. Really? I liked Valkyrie in the movie. <laughs> I actually did enjoy it. But no, I would hear. So you, you it just. It felt like a stock character. Really? Yeah. Like okay. They were just, she was just there. Like okay. a tro- it's a trope, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just happens to be female. I got her motivations. I got her, like, yeah. what her history uh, was. I got why she's there. Yeah. But it wasn't, it didn't stand out enough for me to care. Like, you don't want to see her own movie, like her get her own movie or something. Just just to clean up my last thing, when I say she's just female, we've seen a lot of male characters play the same role. This is a female kind of playing that role Mm -hmm. where she's kind of down on her luck. She had this big experience and all of her dreams are crashed. And now she's over in Sakaar and she's drinking and she's got issues and... Then she gets convinced to get back in the fight again. I don't know. I and thought she was a badass. We've seen that. <laughs> is that what you mean, Christian? Yeah, I mean, that is exactly what I mean. She is yeah, a badass. We've seen it, yes. She, it is kind of cookie cutter, but I, I enjoyed it. I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like you introduced me to this character that at the beginning that mm. had a lot of character. There was a lot of character there, and I felt like that didn't ring through for the rest of the film. You feel like just, it didn't deliver on yeah, its promise. Exactly. Okay. It was I could see that. Flat after that for her. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, there's a lot of now that you say that, there's kind of like so they show let me see if I can track where you're going with this Christian. So they show the Valkyrie fighting Hela back in the day, kind of a flashback. Yeah. And that looks real important. And that doesn't go well, which leads to why she's on Sakaar. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily see the satisfaction of Val- of Valkyrie um, doing something against Hela when they get back to Asgard, do we? Not really. I mean, they, she shouldn't though be able to do it. There you go. I know. So maybe that's maybe that's <laughs> sticking to because it would be. I mean, she stands with yeah. her, stands against her, but she shouldn't be able to. Yeah. I mean, if Thor and Loki are having a hard time. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she shouldn't be able to. But I would have liked to have seen her getting beaten down and have Hela look like this. Like unstoppable monster to her. Yeah, and you know, I think too. I think once again, this is where the tone comes in to kind right, of cancels right. that and hurts that you know moment where I feel like in another movie with a different tone, you would get that moment. Exactly. Where yeah. this movie, you don't so much get it. Do you think that they could have? I know they're trying to squeeze, and this is not this question is not about the Hulk, but it'll start with the Hulk. Do you think they sacrificed something by including the Sakar story in there and not allowing enough time? left in the movie to investigate more about Valkyrie, more about Hela's backstory, develop and put a little bit more, as Damon would put it, meat on the bones on some of these classic Thor characters 
And so you get some of it, but did they sacrifice something? But then we'd get less Goldblum, and I don't know if I yeah. that, because <laughs> Goldblum was fantastic. Um, you know, I, I'm just not a big Thor guy, so yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm okay with know, it. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah. I mean, definitely, if this was a different tone, you would yeah. get those moments, but mm. I'm okay without yeah. them. You know? I did love Hela. I yeah. did love the character. I really did. I wanted to see more of her in it. I, yeah. I, I, I I don't want. I didn't want less Sakar, but I did want more of her in the film. Sakar was beautiful, and yeah. Sakar looked like it was ripped out of the page of a Kirby book. Yeah, like, I mean, stylistically, um, yeah. the what the guards were wearing and everything. Yeah. I mean, it felt like Kirby to me, and it, it was really yeah. an awesome art choice mm-hmm. by them. And I, I really bashed away at it, but I think the high point in this whole, like, if you were to say, it was that gladiator fight actually. So much of the rest of it to me, I mean, I liked when Thor later on in the movie where he's using the lightning bolts and he's jumping around and he's going through people, but it didn't really quite land for me. That's fair. And that, yeah, what was your favorite scene of the movie, Christian? Um, you had to choose one favorite scene. I had to choose one favorite scene. It was definitely him on like channeling the lightning when she says, you know, what were you the god of? That was definitely my favorite moment. Uh-huh. When, she, when he finally breaks free after he does the whole Harry Potter back in the... So that big moment actually <laughs> yeah. did rest yeah. up. Okay. How yeah. about you, Dan? I Once again, I got to go to the elevator with Loki and yeah. Thor. I mean, yeah. just that heartbreak of that relationship and that brotherhood yeah. and everything. I yeah. really just love those characters together and I want to yeah. see more. Yeah. I don't know how much more we're going to get, though, right. with Avengers 3 coming. It'll be and interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No. So, let's see. What does this movie, this is kind of a transition to us kind of speculating a little bit. What does this movie set up for the extended MCU and Avengers 4? So where are we in the world at the end of this movie? I think you're the beginning of Avengers 3 yeah, really? in this movie. I, you've got Thanos' ship showing up. Um, you know, uh, you've got Loki um, stealing the gem, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm assuming happens. Um, so, I mean, you kind of have a few things set up. You've got Thor without Milnor, um, which I'm going to speculate. Um, and this is total speculation, total (laughs) me, just a fan theory. I'm wondering now, since Milnor is gone, if somehow Milnor gets resurrected, but it doesn't, since Thor's kind of taken this Odin role, if you end up eventually getting that kind of Jane Foster Thor. The mighty Thor. You know, where you get, you know, Mm. someone else picking up the hammer, Mm. and you finally get another, like, powerful powerful female-led movie out of it. Because I would really love to see that. Um, You know, but that's just a fan (laughs) dreaming. (laughs) Um, You know, because I really have enjoyed, you know, Jane Foster's Thor. Yeah, that's Um, been a great So it's such a great story, and I really could feel, you know, where they could go with that and how awesome that Mm. would be, you know, with the success of Wonder Woman showing that people will see these movies with a female lead. I don't know why. I wonder if if picking on your speculation here, I wonder if Thor's destruction of Asgard, because he said, what have I done? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'm just trying to think of how he would no longer be worthy if that hammer shows up. Again. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. And you know, Asgard has been on Earth before, so yeah. that's interesting too. That oh, Asgard, it has. Yes, Asgard Thank has you. been on Earth, <laughs> so that has happened. Um, I think it was in Arizona. Um. Uh, so yeah. So it'll be so interesting. It'll be very interesting. How about what do you think, Christian? Like, where does this leave 
the well, MCU. I definitely agree with Damien. Uh, da- Damien. Damien. That's I what I used to always call him back God. in the day. Why? Um, <laughs> I definitely agree. This is where Avengers 3 starts. Because even like in the like kind of leaked trailer that we saw, we see him getting hit by um, the Guardians of the Galaxy ship. Spoilers. Big spoilers. <laughs> yes. In yeah. the leaked trailer, he gets hit. He so I'm assuming into Guardians. They uh, ran yeah. into Thanos, and this is you know well, they get messed shi- up. And that ship that shows up at the very end there in this first credit that is Thanos' ship. Yes, absolutely, and I agree with Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I definitely feel like we're gonna get that moment. Yeah. Um, guy, I lost my point now. You, <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> he doesn't like to be called Chris. <laughs> So you have Thor, Hulk, Korg, everybody just kind of hanging out um, in the ship. All the Asgardians that are left, a couple thousand of them. You have Thanos rolling in with his ship. Looming behind them in his giant (laughs) ship. I worry about those people. Like, I never like to see an entire world destroyed like Mm. Asgard. Yeah, yeah. It'll Um, be interesting to see where they go. Um, I'm excited, though. Yeah. So it looks like bright future there. So any kind of final? Well, in some ways, <laughs> well, well, <yes>. for us, <laughs> yeah, that was as like... fans, but maybe not so much for Thor. It, it'll be nice for us to watch. <laughs> and the Asgardians. We hope, unless all our heroes get pounded into dust. Um. Well, any final words? If you were to rank this, how many Mjolners would you give this out of five? I'm gonna give it a four. A four? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. Out of five, I would probably I would probably give it a four also. Okay. I will give it a three. Three Mjolnirs. <laughs> That's fair. So that is our review of Thor Ragnarok. So any final words before we transition? No, go see it for yourself. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we're in an, uh, uh, this is an awesome month. There's so much entertainment coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go to the theater, support these movies, mm-hmm. support your fandom. My friend who, saw, who I saw it with is not a comic book superhero guy, and he loved it. He's like, I want to see the next one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, um, a friend of mine went with me, and he said it was the best Marvel movie he's ever seen. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of that across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I give it top ten, but maybe not top five. Yeah. So want to give a plug out to some of the ways that you could reach us on social media? Man, Facebook, Twitter, um, Follow us on both because we are commenting. We're doing separate mm-hmm. comments for each thing. I mean, we're uh, it's we're similar everywhere. sometimes, but we have our Twitter polls uh, like we have right now. Just uh, we pull them out. We are going to put them out more. Every and we're week. gonna actually kind of talk about them more on the podcast. Exactly. So you'll be actually be hearing a lot more segments coming up too from mm-hmm. us. We got some new things coming around the corner. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. You know. Ten through twenty. It's a whole new ball yes, game. All right. Yes. Yes. It's it's a long box scavengers rebirth. <laughs> yeah. So um, we are also um on iTunes. So make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Yes. There will be bonus content coming exactly. up on YouTube now. Absolutely. And also once again put another plug out to bad manta and you can see my reviews of dc comics on bad manta so for now that that will be it for oh, now and thank you uh them guilty aces for the music that you're hearing right now probably yep, i will yeah <laughs> i usually always <laughs> christian hit play start as soon as we mention them um <laughs> yeah they're an awesome band chicago land area make sure you catch them yep so long for now uh this is tom christian and damon 